You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! The Daily Music Business Podcast. The content of this episode of the Daily Music Business Podcast comes from a video on the YouTube channel of Outer Loop Group. Go to outerloop.group backslash YouTube to subscribe. For Outer Loop Coaching's free seven steps to getting signed PDF, please visit outerloopcoaching.com today. Let's dive in. Brian, with, with you know, it's funny because like we talk about the idea of these bands as if they're punching a clock and getting an hourly rate. Like every year, every month is very different from the last one. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about a lot of different revenue streams that didn't even exist for a lot of these uh, artists just months ago, years ago. So how are the best of your clients able to navigate their uh, sort of like the, 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 the times when the revenue isn't what they were expected or when uh, all of a sudden now there's kids involved and now the expenses are bigger than what they were before. How do they navigate all that? I think, well, every, obviously, like we said, every band's a different story. But what we, what we try to do is, you know, you try to plan everybody's lifestyle more or less two or three years in advance because you know, you know, when you go through cycles of things, you know, okay, here's our, our next three-year cycle where we're going to tour this amount, we're going to make this record at this point, we're going to do this and this. So you have a pretty decent understanding of, of what's going to happen. And obviously, you know, everybody chimes in about, you know, what they think that, you know, the tour is going to make and what the band's going to make on this and that. And obviously, you know, we try to be very, I mean, we don't try, we are very transparent in, in the amount of money that comes in uh, for all these different things. Because, you know, now there's actually real revenue coming in. We actually are giving bands, you know, six figure checks again, which didn't happen for a long period of time. So it, it's a good thing to have. And, and we, you know, we definitely tell everybody what, what's happening. And, you know, our level is we, we work with the bands and kind of give them a bit of an indication of what's coming in on our level as much as we can. Um, but you just have to plan everything out. And then, you know, every time, uh, every cycle is going to be different. Like, yeah, you'll have a guitar player like, hey, I'm having a kid. So I can't tour from this time to this time. And I'm going to need a little bit more money. So, you know, you're always trying to figure out ways to, to make the band money. And our job, I think, more than anything else is I look at us as like brand managers. We try to, you know, we have a huge IT team. We have social media. We do all these things. And our job is to, is to take all of our people and build the brand, which sounds super corporate and lame, but build the brand of the band as big as possible. And my attitude is like, look, is they selling a ton of merchandise or they're selling huge amounts of concert tickets? You know, we don't necessarily make money from that. That's fine. But if we build the brand up big enough, then eventually we'll get our little, little piece of it. And, you know, record labels now play probably a more insignificant role now than, you know, 25 years ago when every penny that the band made came from record. 
company. And I kind of prefer the way it is now where there's different revenue streams for bands and we're, you know, hopefully 25 to 30% of that. And then they're making a lot of money elsewhere. We try to make, try to make the band make as much money as possible because the more money the bands make, the happier they are, the longer they're going to be around, the more they're going to be creative and making good music. So that's kind of sort of what we're trying to do. And Brian, like, uh, I, I mean, I think you're underselling uh, how how uh, significant your label is to your artists here even today. Um, so like, how do you balance for yourself as a business owner, your need to have a calendar record cycles that fall into certain times versus the artists who might be like, look, man, we only got two months of runway. We need to get this next album out. You know, how do you balance that? Well, I mean, look, we, we, we tried for years to try to make it all work where, you know, we have one major album every two months, but artists are artists. And sometimes it comes up where we'll have three artists that are going to put out their record, big artists that are going to put out their record at the same time. But we'll be very honest and say, look, look, we can't really put out three big albums at the same time, but we can maneuver, maneuver it this way and maybe touring for one artist makes more sense for them to do it a, a little bit different than the other one. So we, we, we try to make it work for everybody. And I think, you know, our job again is to, is to make sure that they're happy and comfortable with our decisions. And certainly every decision we make, we talk to the managers and the agents and the bands and, you know, Tim and Biggie can certainly, you know, we work with them enough over the years can, can, can even talk more about that, about, Hey, I want to put a record out this time. Well, it's not so good for me, but maybe we, cause we have this other thing, maybe we can do it around here. It's just, but we all work together and, and make it work. And, you know, generally 90, five percent of the time everybody's on the same page and totally workable with with all the solutions and it's it's pretty rare that we've had uh, a time when we're like oh my god you know there's there's too many things all at once and then nothing else but that happens sometimes too and and as a label so for example let's say we have six big records coming out in a in a four-month period uh which is a lot but then we don't have any major records for a four month period after that. So what we try to do is we have a gigantic catalog, which is the the uh, luckiness of us being around for 38 years. And we'll just, you know, try to do a, a bunch of stuff with the catalog, reissues, vinyl, which also is good to help with, you know, the bands that, that maybe aren't touring uh, to get them a little bit more income. So there's a, a bunch of different ways to do it. Thank you very much. That's awesome information. Uh, Tim Bohr, can you talk a little bit about morale? I mean, the road is where morale, you know, a good tour is great for morale. A bad tour can be crushing. Uh, you know, how, how, how do you find a, uh, uh, how do your clients find a flow with morale in order to, you know, extend uh, and last long term? Morale is probably the hardest at the beginning. You know, artists have to, Fans have to really kind of be willing to go out there and 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 fight against the current to be recognized. And I think that, that is often the hardest conversations to have with the bands early on because it's it's tiring and it doesn't feel like you're winning a lot of those times. And 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 for the for the bands that are great, you know, you just kind of have to encourage them to to hang in there. That there will be a turn of momentum and that hard work that they put in will turn into, you know, it'll, it'll translate into people responding to them and the momentum will come their way. Um, 
and that that that's really part of the artist development game and i think you know morale later um you know has to do with listening to to all the small details of a veteran band that's been out there and knows what that game is knows how they operate with each other and and know you know these things are going to make us not feel great after a long period of time and these and if we can think about these things as part of the strategy in the program you know we're, we're going to be okay with the situation and and you know trying to balance the beginning to the end in that way is it it you know it, it's not it's not really hard um but you have to pay attention to it and you have to be willing to you know care about the people that you're in business with um meaning the bands and the managers and, and hear those things out and try and bake that into what we're trying to do. And it, it, morale is a big part of it. I mean, you know, if, if you aren't being, you know, aware of how the bands are feeling, you know, from the small band to now they've built an audience to now they've become a big band and now they've been a big band for, and they've been around for a while. If you aren't paying attention to the morale through that process, they won't make it to that point. There's no question about it. And, you know, Tim brings, brings a, a really great point here about morale, too. And, you know, a lot of this times, you know, when bands are out on the road, you know, some bands have it difficult and others don't. And it, it, I think it's, we've seen on, on our behalf, some of our young bands have been on the road with other bands and maybe they've struggled and, and morale is bad because something's happened. But the other bands have been on the road who have been around for a while and say, hey, you know, we went through this. It's going to be okay. And to give a quick shout out to one of the greatest human beings of all time, Andy Williams from Every Time I Die, he specifically, we had two instances where we had bands on the road with ETID where a couple of things that didn't go right for them. And, and Andy sat them down and said, look, this is going to happen. Everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. And that, you know, certainly made my life a lot easier. So, and, and that's a big thing out there too, because you know, I think the older bands that we, you know, same thing, our bands, the headline do the same thing. You'll talk to the younger bands and say, hey, look, it'll be fine. You know, we went through this. There's always ebbs and flows, so it's a it's a big thing for morale, I think. There, yeah. There's almost always. Uh, sorry, Brian, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but you're just saying something that really kind of triggers like a thought. There's always like this moment with a band that's starting to get somewhere where they always where they almost break. It's almost it happens almost every time, and it, it you know sometimes the bands actually don't make it through that process, but having people that have been around, whether it's the headliners or the managers or the agents or the label that have seen that moment happen before and being able to coach them through that moment and get them to the other side, it, 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 it takes a couple of brains and a couple of conversations to help artists get through that moment for sure. Yeah. So, and I was going to say with Tim, like uh, Tim Borer, I mean, he was our agent for years and you know, Tim, not to go on a personal tangent and we can just, start and stop this real quick but like i think one of the harder things from a longevity perspective is like recognizing how hard your team works and then being the agent like if we have the smallest show on a tour and we do 900 people in a 1700 cap room like we're pissed and all of a sudden now it's like call randy call tim borer why'd you put me in a 1500 cap room in st louis you know, there's only 900 people here. And, you know, the proper response is, dude, there's 900 people in St. Louis. <laughs> like, chill out, right? And then on the, on the adverse, you put up a 2,500 cap room in LA and it goes in a day. 
And all of a sudden you're like, why didn't you put me in the 5,000 cap? Like <laughs> you, you're, you're making me look like a fool here and now you're losing me money over here. And, yeah. and you know, don't, that's not, that's not my personal opinion, but those are, those are the frustrations when your morale's down and you're having a terrible show. And the reality is, dude, there's a thousand people here. It just happens to be in a 1700 cap room. And what your agent and manager missed was that, you know, last minute there was a radio show that got canceled. So three bands just your size took up the whole city. And now there's a mini South by Southwest. And we're all splitting people. All it takes is a phone call to get a logical reason why this is happening. But in the moment when morale's down, like as a manager or an agent or even a band member, someone has to be the cooler head because, you know, screw you, Tim Borer, screw you, Randy. Well, screw you, Tim, tell Spencer to screw himself. And like, you know, Eatid's on here and you told me they're worth a thousand tickets, but there were two tickets. So screw Biggie. All of a sudden we're in this like chaos and none of it's real. It's like a lack of morale mixed with no sleep, mixed with frustration. And all of a sudden I just want someone to blame because there's no way my band that I've spent my whole life building isn't worth this. Someone else messed up. Who, who do I get to lynch? And like, that's something that I see a lot of bands do a lot. And I'm sure Tim and Biggie, you can extrapolate on that from the admin side, but it's like, it's so hard to manage that. But like, as people that have all had decade long relationships with labels, bands, you know, agent manager, like those things happen. And then you have to figure out a way to diffuse it. Or yeah, you pull the pin. And if you don't put the pin back in, it's going to blow and it's not going to be good for anybody. You know, subscribe today to the daily music business podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast.